non ci deve essere più niente, bisogna cominciare subito. Coraggio, al lavoro, buttate giù. Dico bene, autore? Sì, grazie. Arrivederci, ragazzi. Ci vediamo in un prossimo. Lo speriamo. Welcome to Cinema Italia, a podcast dedicated to the world of Italian cinema. Presented by me, John Bleasdale. Everybody and welcome to Cinema Italia, a new podcast which is all about Italian films. My name is John Bleasdale, I'm a writer and film critic, and today I'm going to be talking to Felix van Groningen, who, with his co-director Charlotte van der Mersch, have uh, a new film which is just coming out in the UK today and uh, in the US a little bit later. Uh, it, the film is called Eight Mountains. It's based on the novel by Paolo Cognetti. Uh, and it's a really, it's a beautiful film. I saw it at Cannes and you can read my sight and sound review. I will uh, link to it in the show notes. I talked to Felix about Italian cinema generally, as well as uh, his own film. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to like and subscribe. Try to spread the word as far as you can. And you can follow me on Twitter if you like at Dr. John T. D. R. J. O. N. T. Y. But before you do any of that, enjoy the conversation. How did you come by this novel? It, it came to me in various ways. Um, so it, somehow uh, the universe was telling me I had to turn this into a movie. <laughs> but it, it didn't seem... I don't seem the obvious choice as a director, as I live in Belgium. I wasn't speaking Italian and uh, didn't seem to have a connection with the mountains or whatever. So, but what happened was that somebody pitched me um, or talked to me about this book and said, like, maybe it's really something for you. And I bought it and I started reading it. Uh, and I put it aside very quickly because it, it, you know, at that time I was really looking for a project, but but I, I, it, I didn't... It didn't make sense for me to go and make that film or turn that book into a film. I mean, it, it seemed so far fetched. Um, but then a year later, uh, somebody who was affiliated with uh, Italian production company called me and pitched me this story. And I knew I had the book and I was like, okay, now it's more directly coming to me. Maybe it is really something for me. And so, uh, I started rereading it and and finished it in in one go more or less and and really fell for it and 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 immediately realized that I that I was the right person and also that uh, because it, the way it was presented to me was like maybe you can turn this story into uh, um, uh, you could relocate it and turn it into an English language movie and I really loved it but um, for me it was also clear that the book was so authentic that I, it had to be done in Italian although I wasn't speaking Italian um, so that also immediately was really clear that I wanted to dive into this story but with everything with everything with everything intact the language and the setting and everything yeah yeah because you you know 
it's afterwards I started reading more and I I got to know the writer and where he lives, which is actually very close to the place where where we shot the movie and and it's all and you feel that in the book it's all really uh, inspired by real people and real places and so it I think I felt that and that was why I, I guess why it moved me but also why I thought I could make it I can just you know go there and get to know those people get to know these places and 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 in that sense make it mine. Did you have a connection with Italian cinema before this? Not specifically. To be honest, um, although, I mean, some of my favorite films are Italian, but they also have a huge cinematography. <laughs> so it would be weird to not have that, I guess. So no, it really was the story that spoke to me, the characters, the idea of shooting something in the mountains. And I, and I also do really just love, love the idea of spending time in Italy, of learning <laughs> Italian. Because uh, we, my girlfriend and I, with who I co-directed, co-wrote and co-directed the movie, uh, we had gone to Italy quite a few times on holiday. Mm. Um, so, um, you know, it was uh, making the movie was also the perfect excuse to learn Italian. <laughs> the, the film is set over towards the western side of the Alps, is that correct? Uh, yeah, close to the Swiss border. So Val d'Aosta is uh stretches out from the Mont Blanc until I don't know like the Swiss border and there's a couple of four thousand meter peaks there yeah I'm um, I'm over on the east I'm I'm uh, the beginning of the Dolomites so I'm yeah. a bit further towards um uh, towards Venice and Trento Trento's yeah. a near nearby city if you read the book I don't know if you read the book but parents actually uh, come more from from that side. And so when they were younger, they used to go to the Dolomites. And uh, yeah, I had visited the Dolomites before also. And, and you know, it, it was also during the period where I read a book that I started to be in touch myself um, more with the higher mountains. Because I've had a history of, of going back and forth to a little village in France ever since I was a kid. Uh, my parents used to build a house there, uh, used to have a house, but they built it themselves and then... I always went back and forth, and mm. and so I, I, this part, which is also in the movie, I, I knew very much like this idea of of going coming from the city and going to a very remote place, um, have a real connection there, but also not you know not living there, going back and forth, but having that place as a place where you ground, where you can ground, and you can always go back to. But it's 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 in the center of France, and the mountains around it are are a lot lower, but it has the same atmosphere, I guess, in, in the sense where it's very remote from everything. Uh, it, it feels very pure. The people there feel very, very pure. Um, so, but I started to get to know the higher mountains and was really in awe with them. And so the movie made us really also give, gave us the opportunity to, to explore it in on the, yeah, on a, on an incredible, in an incredible manner. Because uh, we, we hiked and we, we took helicopters to visit the peaks where we eventually shot and we slept in mountain huts, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I mean, you use that um, academy aspect ratio uh, really well as a, a, it's one of the things that I loved about the film, because obviously it seems very counterintuitive. You've got these mountains, you've got this wonderful panorama. This should be widescreen, but you, you know, you, you, you're, uh, you're stubborn. <laughs> no, it's actually, yes, I know. It seems counterintuitive, but we uh, at some we were figuring out how we wanted to shoot this movie, and at some point I saw 
pictures of uh, locations where we're going to shoot in in like a, a square ratio, not exactly uh, the one thirty three in which we shot in the end, but but it made me realize that mountains work really well because they're vertical, and and once you see the peak, that's all that matters. You know, if you have a wide screen, you can have a peak, but then it becomes like very you know, uh, boring, I guess, <laughs> left and right and less, less um, exciting. Whereas this idea, you see the peak and left and right, the thing you're missing in your frame, you're, you you fill it in somehow. And uh, so the, the, it made the mountains work and, and it's a great, it's a great aspect ratio to do uh, portraits. So people work really well in that frame. Um, and, and, um, yeah, it, it, you know, for me, it was also in a weird way, re-evaluating or re, yeah, evaluating this aspect ratio. Cause when I started making films in film school, this was the aspect ratio you were stuck to when you shot with a video camera or when you shot with 16 millimeter, and I, I, you know, I didn't like it because I wanted to make cinema and like, you know, just the idea of widescreen really um, was very exciting to me. And, 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 you know, now with this film, like actually rediscovering it and seeing that there's a lot more opportunities with, within that frame that are, that are, that actually make it more exciting than widescreen. I mean, not for everything, of course, but for our film, it, it totally made sense. And it's so, it's so great to see Luca and Alessandro reunited because one of our episodes that I've already recorded, but it will go out after this one, uh, is about non essere cattivo, don't be bad. The, the, first film that they yeah. uh, made together great um it's how we got to know them too i guess by uh, i mean from the beginning on with the italian producers and casting directors their names were on the table um it took us a long time to eventually cast them and everything had to do with the fact that they were uh everybody thought they should play up front thought they should play the other role um themselves included so and that for us was not what we were looking for and but it took like a while to realize that the opposite would work um and it was you know part of a, a big casting process uh, which we also used you know to to get to know italian cinema better so it, it wasn't like a lost time i guess or lost energy i mean it's what we had to do to to get to the best result but during our preparation and, and while we were meeting actors, we were watching a lot of films and it was absolutely one of the films that uh, that stood out, that we loved and that they're very proud of. And that made them want to like work together in, in another movie at some point. But they always said that they wanted to find the right project. Um, and again, it was funny because when we both met them in the beginning of the process, they both mentioned that and they thought this film, this story was good for them. But but again, in the opposite roles, which <laughs> which was just less um, exciting or felt less um, something we wanted to... It was less exciting. It was, I mean, it was more obvious and we were looking for other layers that were part of, you know, uh, the book of how we, you know, wanted to make the film work and... Uh, we're more mysterious, I guess. Mm, yeah. Again, it's a sort of like, uh, it, at the, I didn't notice it, but now you mention it. Yeah, of course, that would be the obvious typecasting would be the other way around. So this makes it much more interesting. How How's your Italian in terms of, uh, do, were you communicating in English or were you communicating in Italian? 
it's okay, I guess. I mean, I I uh, I manage, but I'm also uh, I'm a bit uh, nervous about it when I ha- when I haven't spoken in a while. I always feel very nervous. Uh, but that was good to you know also to be uh, with two to direct my girlfriend Charlotte. She's really a lot better in languages and 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 fearless, I guess. So she would you know jump in and uh, <laughs> and do it, and I would like lag behind. <laughs> when we do interviews, uh, the two of us, I'm always like, yeah, my clients, uh, it's so. so. And she's like, no, it's great. <laughs> she did a bunch of interviews in Italian, whereas I wasn't like feeling secure enough to to do that. That's a big ask. Doing interviews in Italian is a big ask, I think. <laughs> Look, it's uh, it's something we um, we learned along the way, and uh, I'm not I'm really not saying I speak it, but but enough to I mean, um, to be able to you know to work with the actors, uh, to, to figure out, you know, if the dialogue was working or even rewriting it, uh, it could be, you know, it should always, it always was like revised or we, we found help, you know, by the writer or by other people, the actors, you know, to, to make sure it was really good, but we felt comfortable enough. And that was the most important, I guess. Absolutely. So you said earlier you were watching other Italian films as a sort of preparation in terms of casting. uh, And also, I mean, it strikes me that this is a very Italian film in the sense as well of this idea of male friendship, which is, uh, you know, runs through a lot of Italian cinema. So so what were the films that you were were you looking at to prepare for this film, for Eight Mountains? Look, I, uh, first of all, I, I do want to make clear that I'm not, I feel also sometimes are insecure to talk about, you know, Italian cinema or French cinema, even Belgian cinema, as I don't consider myself a real, real cinephile. Sure. Uh, in the sense that I don't watch that much films. I have a, a limited um, concentration span somehow. <laughs> no, but it's just my way of working. When I love fall in love with something, I will watch it over and over and over again. And uh, that's how I learn from films. That's how I, I don't know, how I appreciate film. Uh, it's its also my, um, it's part of my monomanic um, personality, I guess. You know, when I make a film too, I'm not doing anything beside it. I just make my film and I, I will, you know, just put everything in it. And I'm not watching films when I'm making a film, usually. <laughs> that said, so we watched really a lot of things uh, in order, you know, find actors, et cetera, et cetera. I said, non cativo stood out. There's something very funny about it and, and, and gritty at the same time. And the chemistry between them there also is very, it's very real. It's, it's a movie that really surprised us. Um, it would make an amazing double bill as well. <laughs> yeah. Non essere yeah. cattivo, eight mountains. Absolutely, because it's so different at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I really also, I mean, I, I have to say there's, I saw a lot of films that interested me less. I saw a lot of great acting and a lot of great actors, but a lot of films that interested me less. Uh, one of the films that really stuck with me was uh, maybe not a very um, known one, but La Nostra Vita, I really loved, with Elio uh, Germano, which is also an amazing actor. I really loved Dogman. Ah, yeah, um, Matteo Garrone. Matteo Garrone's film, uh, which is really harsh in a way and, and also very fun and like very particular. I loved um, Alice Rochwach's movies, very peculiar, uh, very... She's one of the most exciting people working in Italian 
films at the yeah. moment. I think her films are... It's interesting watching uh, some of the women who are directing pictures because Emma Dante and Roaca and Laura Samani, who did Piccolo Corpo, was debuted last year, was uh, was great. I didn't see that. I think two years ago. But Alicia's films are very... Yeah, it's, it's just... it's. A very specific combination of of uh, something that feels very real and yet very dreamy and and very mysterious and so it's yeah it's fascinating fascinating cinema. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to her uh, next movie. Yeah, I think it's it's coming in Cannes, isn't it? Yeah, it's playing in Cannes. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, Favolacci was a movie that came out around then that that. Um, was really surprising in, in Italy, apparently, but also, uh, yeah. It's a sort of very, very striking film, isn't it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and what about a favourite Italian film from the past? Maybe one of those films that you were saying you watch over and over again. I'll, I'll come to that. I, uh, something I rewatched and and a couple of times as I started working on this project was Emilio Juventù. Ah, yes, that's a, that's yeah. a fantastic film. Yeah. Well, so film or what is it? Film series, two, two three-hour films or, you know, <laughs> TV series. That... that strange transition between TV and film. Yeah, absolutely. Because I guess it uh, came out in 2003 or four, And I, yeah, I went to see it in the cinema. And then six months later, the, you know, second part came out and, and it, it did it very, very well in Belgium. It was, um, it was something that, you know, where... At a time where, where like things in the cinema could really get you know still get a lot of time and and find their audience and where the word of mouth was, you know was really making or breaking a film, and like this uh, I think this film or these two parts of uh, that film uh, played in the cinema over that over a year I think and um, and actually uh, our film I have to, just a little side note <laughs> is doing really well in Belgium I mean it came out in December. It's been a while. It's still in cinemas, so it it has that same effect. So I'm I'm re- really proud of that. <laughs> it has a lot of legs. <laughs> um, so, but Milieu Juventu, I revisited because I remember being very moved by it. I mean, it's really epic. Also, it's uh, it's really about the people over a long period of time. Uh, it gets you know, obviously, it gets uh, time to tell that story. Uh, you see people aging. Uh, it's very Italian in the sense that it it mixes like this um, epic story of, of those couple of people with Italian history. And um, yeah, it just it it when it when I rewatched it, it it still felt very. Uh, it didn't feel aged or anything. It you know it felt really still very solid. Um, storytelling, uh, very well acted, very, very moving. We actually pursued one of the actors, but it didn't work out. And uh, we met with Jasmine Trinka also because of that. And she, you know, she she wasn't available, but she would have uh, otherwise maybe have been part of our film. Um, so um, yeah, it was it was uh, it was great to rewatch that and to, uh, in a sense, to for me to see that I had you know. That that I had a uh, an easy access to that in my mind, like I, you know, it 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 made me it made me feel close to Italian cinema somehow. Mm. I guess it persuaded me also that I 
could also take on the Edmonds somehow. It's my daughter's favorite film as well. It's my my daughter's. Oh, yeah? I've, I've got two daughters, and that film. They we actually had a conversation because I was saying, you know, I'm doing this podcast. What's your favorite Italian film? And they <laughs> said both of them went, oh, Melio Gioventù. Yeah. And they, and they rewatch it on a regular, like every year, more or less. They yeah. rewatch it. Well, I would also, I mean, to enter maybe more into specifics, what really is surprising in, in how you know how they tell that story is how they jump in time, and obviously, the mountains also is is um, is chronological. It, uh, it you know it's it's the, the span of the the story is like 30, 40 years, as is as is in the case with Emilio Giovantu. And it what operates the same way, again, Emilio Giovantu is way longer and it, it's a series, so they, they it's a little different. But the fact that they always, you know, every every cut forward is a jump forward in time. And sometimes uh, it's it's uh, 10 minutes later, sometimes it's uh, one year, sometimes it's 10 years. And then you have to figure it out as you're... Um, as you're moving forward. So, and some things that are important aren't shown at all, and you understand as you go along. Um, but there's something about that relentlessness of time that starts to become um, something very moving that just that takes you along as a viewer and that makes you start to feel the melancholy of what you've seen and, and you know, and just life pushing you forward and not ever being able to uh, to go back because uh, most of my films I've I've played a lot with time and I used a lot of flashbacks and and even very you know uh, used deconstruction as a as a um, as a tool to tell to tell a story and here especially also with revisiting a miniature it was clear that we wanted to tell the story very very chronological. There's a real power in that. I remember there's a scene in Melio Diovantu, um, which is is uh, in a train station. It's about people being getting on the train or, or not getting on the train, and the train is going to go. And and it's heartbreaking because you know because of how the film has established its grammar that if they don't get on the train, they're not going to see each other for a while and it, yeah. things are going to change and there's no going back. There's The film will not flash back to something that we can sort of, that's it. You've seen that person. Okay. That, it's gone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is also, which I guess makes the end so moving because, it, because yeah, because of how it's set up. <laughs> With one <laughs> yeah. character who's that, who's like sort of reappearing. And also, I suppose you, it, there's a friendship at the heart of Melio Gioventù, and 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 your film has this friendship, which is which is just. I mean, it is also attached to history because it is also about uh, you know changing Italy, changing ideas of how to survive in a modern world. Can we can we keep our identity, or do we need to let go of it? Yeah, yeah, but it's obviously a lot more rooted in the um, yeah, like you know the in the the the, the big hi- historical events sure you, you yeah you have the yeah. sort of terrorism and the Annie yeah. Bionbor, the years of lead so-called in Melio Gioventù. yeah yeah I, I still see a sort of historical movement even if it's not those big events even in in eight mountains yeah no no or or just like a small story in in in, in a bigger world and um how, how it moves you because you 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 know 
you spend so much time with those people and you start to really love them and there's really uh i guess what's comparable to is there's not a there's no cynicism or not a lot i mean it's they're very very beautiful beautiful people very inspiring although with very dark hearts one of the characters uh uh commits suicide and and so there's um there's a really dark side very lonely mm. it's not it's not explained as well like so there's something yeah something uh very beautiful and indeed, indeed similar <laughs> yeah it's kind of that refusal to be obvious as well in in that sort of stuff we're not going to explain everything or put it all on a plate for you yeah yeah so and um i guess um other films that were important for me i mean fellini is is um someone who's been important to me i guess but but also it took a long time for me to really appreciate his cinema mm. it wasn't love at first sight it 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 stayed very distant for me what what was the film that cracked it what was the film that where you went oh now i get it this is why it like. was eight and a half which i saw over and over and over <laughs> so it is that film although i have to say my my favorite is really la strada yeah which i saw later even uh, not so long ago, a couple of years ago, because I, I think I think really because it's uh, there's something really fascinating in Fellini's cinema and and his trademark films also you know where it combines so many weird things and you know and it's dreamlike and you don't know where you are and still you keep going and all of that is 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 something I actually really like and find inspiring and and you know has has moved me in ways that only cinema can but 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 again it it's it's it for me it also stays at a distance in a way and that's why i um i'm i'm less moved by it i guess and then so la strada anyway is very it's just uh it's very straightforward there's a big emotional center to la strada in uh, the performance uh, in the performances yeah yeah and the rawness which i think is amazing and, and yet it has it also has that um extremely uh <laughs> that cinematic quality i mean he's he's an incredibly gifted filmmaker that's <laughs> 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 really really true <cute. laughs> But, 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 yeah. Fellini, not bad. That's the headline. Not bad. <laughs> Three stars. <laughs> no, but it's, it's strange how, for me, to be super, super honest, that it, it's like, it's not obvious also. Like, it's not obvious yet yeah, I keep going, uh, going back to it. Whereas someone like Cassavetes was really, for me, a lot more, I mean, that was super obvious. Like, I saw one film and I was in love with it. I saw all of his films. I saw it over and over and over again. Oh, you see, I would I I would say that with Casavetti's it took me a while. I have the opposite feeling with Casavetti's. It took me I watched a few. I think I watched Faces and then and then uh I think Killing of a Chinese Bookie was the one that that oh oh I see what he's doing now. And and then I could rewatch all the other ones and go with it. But yeah, um because Casavetti's yeah. took took me a couple of films to get into. Yeah. What what appealed to you about Casavetti's then? The acting, of course. Uh you always have the feeling that you're just there with them in that scene. Where it's going to is not is not really clear, and that's that's 
uh, what's exciting about it in the bigger picture, but but yeah, it just feels super super real and uncomfortable because of that, and uh, and exciting. And then yeah, some some of his films just have uh, uh, incredibly emotional um, climaxes, right? Not obvious ones, but 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 very very emotional. So was a uh, is there a an Italian filmmaker that you you sort of felt closer to than Fellini? I mean, I really get your point with Fellini as well, by the way, that you can sort of admire. No, him but I can and... I can honestly say that La Strada for me is something that I will watch over and over and over. Uh, so it's not, and I and and I read a lot about Fellini, and I so it's also I think I I do totally understand it, and I always you know will go back to it, and I will keep learning from it in a way, in a sense, I think. <laughs> so it's not a, I mean, it, it would be there even if we weren't talking about um, just Italian cinema, just to frame it. Uh, another film that was, um, yeah, that I will always um, think about when I think about Italian cinema is Ladri di Bicicletti. The Bicycle Thieves. The Seeker. That's a film I saw on the big screen. The first time I saw it was on the big screen. I think it was a Venice film festival. It, they they did a sort of a print of it and uh, and watched it. That's an amazingly operatic film, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so what's what what appeals to you about um, the Bicycle Thieves? I think this idea that something that starts very small becomes very big. Yeah. Of course. The, I mean, it just feels very real also i guess mm. yeah i'm interested in how you're sort of looking at something that's sort of like some of these italian movies like the, uh, vittorio de sica's uh bicycle thieves and it's it's from it's from probably the beginning of the golden age of italian cinema you know that that neo-realist uh yeah. explosion with rossellini a little bit before and uh others coming coming afterwards but it's it you know they're they're turning their cameras to sort of poverty. They're turning their cameras to to ordinary people with really small struggles. You know, I need a bicycle to to, to keep yeah. my job. You know, <laughs> and the relationships necessarily obvious either. It's a father and son who are you know who are just muddling their way through the the city, trying to 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 find a solution. I mean, it's a heartbreaking film, uh, but it's also. Uh, it's also very. Uh, what surprised me when I first saw it was how how sort of theatrical it is as well. Even though it's you know non-professional actors shot in a, a ruined city, it's also sort of got this beautiful grandeur about it. But and how how so? I don't I don't remember it that way necessarily. So the well, it just just even the way the places are shot. You know, you're yeah. looking at places. I think there's a. I remember a place where they go to a sort of. I think it might be like the first bicycle shop where he goes to get his bicycle. It's like a, a sort of rag and bone shop sort of place, and 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 it's just huge. It's just got these shelves full of stuff, and it's just filmed with such a sense of. Um, well, again, talking about that ratio, the you know four three ratio and the um, verticalness of it, you know. You get yeah. the idea that going up these stairs to to get these to get this stuff, and it's just uh, yeah, it's I, you know, sometimes we look at neorealism, we think of sort of austerity and poverty, but that's that might be the subject, but it's not necessarily the style. Yeah, you feel you feel um, you feel in everything that it's like life seeping in, right? That it. Uh... <laughs> Absolutely, and there's a sort of wealth to it. Obviously, not an economic wealth, but there's a wealth yeah. to, to the detail and to the 
the sense of a. I mean, it's partly to do with just Italy as a country, where even a very poor area will have, you know, a little chapel from the 15th century around the corner, you know. So whatever you're filming in front of it, just there's something amazing just there. Yeah, but, but the film that that's... Uh, I, I made this film called The Misfortunate, and then people often ask me, uh, was uh, Brutti Sporchi Cattivi an influence? And then I saw it, and I I, um, I guess you could say the same about that movie, but that felt, for me, very, very staged. The dirtiness and the everything. So with that film, I... I didn't have that connection at all. Right. <laughs> I mean, it must be something that's kind of, it's funny because you were saying earlier, you're not really a cinephile, but I've met a lot of directors who sort of, they're kind of protective of their own vision. So they don't want to be watching too many films and contaminate themselves with somebody else's vision, you know? I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's, uh, I, 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 um, I have a hard time going to film festivals because I am always lost. Like, which, what do I want to see? Too many options. And then you're in this theater and you think like, Oh, I should have chosen the other movie <laughs> <laughs> or you see a great film. And then you're like, Oh no, I have to get to work. I have to work on my own film. <laughs> and you want, and I have a hard time like sticking around to see a second or third one. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think it was Werner Herzog says, you know, he watches three or four films a year because he he, he you know he doesn't want to to have them in his head. You know, he doesn't want to. He wants to make his films. Yeah, no, no. For me, it's not it's not not wanting. It's just not 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 always being able to. You were looking at films more recently uh, because of casting. So you're looking at more recent yeah. Italian films. I mean, uh, how do how do you? feel the Italians from that experience? How do you feel like Italian cinema is at the moment? Because there seems to be a big gap between, you know, Fellini and the present day. There seems, you know, it's it's a little bit of a a problem perhaps for Italian filmmakers that, that they've got almost like there are too many good directors from the 40s, 50s and 60s. And, it, and it's a little bit, there's an anxiety of influence, if you like. Yeah, but you have Moretti also, you have um, you have uh, Guadagnino, you have uh, Paolo Sorrentino. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people that are, um, you know, doing their own thing and, and on, a, on, a, on a very high level. Bellocchio is still making things, right? Yeah, he's going to be in camp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's... So I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know it well enough to... Um, to say, I I did have the feeling that, you know, it was also what we got from when we talked to producers and the casting directors, like there's, there's, it's, it's really a lot of the same pool of actors and they're all great actors, but that need to be in a movie in order to get it made. And so that system is a bit, I don't know, it's not, it's not helping to give new talent a lot of, a lot of uh, chances and, and, you know, it's a bit closed, I would say. It's not like in that sense. I think um, it's a bit conservative, and it, you know, it, it could take bigger risks. But yeah, like Italy, like in the rest of the world, I mean, it's you know, the industry is changing, and it's hard, you know, to get people to theaters, and so there's you know, there's there is a reason why um, this is the case. But it's um, that's something that we noticed that we just always saw the same faces again, and they also that heard that you know. 
that it we we had we really had the freedom to choose whoever we wanted, but they were really happy that we in the end chose Luca Marinelli and Alessandro Borghi, who are very well respected and bankable actors. Uh, how how do you feel the Italians have taken the movie? Sort of knowing that you're coming from outside as directors, it was incredible. I mean, they were they were they were super open. I was really really surprised. There was no, you know, it started with the producers, but then. Uh, rest of the crew and all the actors that we met that wanted to meet because of my previous films. Uh, I made a film called Bro- Broken Circle Breakdown, which which actually did quite well in Italy, and and so yeah, it's quite well all over the world. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so somehow apparently in Italy it was what people told me that actors really loved this movie, and because of that we wanted to meet. And so, but. You know, it was it was incredible to sit across Italy's finest and talk very openly just to get to know each other, you know, just talking about the project and see if we could, you know, maybe collaborate or not. And it was so it was incredible. There never was any doubt. We never felt any doubt uh, us being not Italian to take on this story. So that was amazing. And, and throughout the process, I have to say that, that that was the case. And when the movie came out too, I mean, really... The movie did incredibly well in Italy. Uh, it was uh, it was embraced very much, and we uh, we got nominated uh, fourteen times for the Davide Donatello, which are taking place a couple of weeks of now from now. So it does mean that also the industry really um, embraced uh, you know us as filmmakers there. So that's uh, surprising. I don't see it happen very quickly in in Belgium. Uh, so it's uh, it's been amazing. That said. I guess they, uh, it's it's something I never realized, but uh, it's something Paolo Cognetti, the writer of the novel, like said, they, in Italy, they don't necessarily have like a, um, a history of making films in the mountains. Although, although you know, the mountains are really <laughs> a big part of Italy. For a lot of Italians, it feels very foreign. Like it feels, uh, you know, it's not necessarily part of their country. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, maybe that's why it also made sense that we, that I made the movie. Yeah, absolutely. And also for, for a lot of sort of budgetary reasons, it's, all, you know, you go to the mountains, it's going to be expensive. You're going to have, you know, days lost because of weather and things like that. Did you have any trouble in terms of the terrain and in terms of the, the, the conditions? It, it was challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was challenging, absolutely. But we never, you know, we knew it was going to be hard. We also um, said we need to embrace it, but we will, you know, we want to make it as real as possible. So we really want to go up that peak for real. We want to shoot on the glacier for real. Um, so the question from the beginning was always like, how how are we going to make that happen? And, you know, it, it I guess it did make, well, no, I'm sure it did make the budget grow as we <laughs> went along the way. But it, but it, you know, it was, um, it was, uh, we were followed by the production company, and, and um, I mean, they, they they understood our choices, and they um, they uh, they want they, they helped us to make it happen. Um, I guess the, 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 what caused me the most stress is it's never knowing if the next day we're really gonna be able to get onto the mountain or not, and that we needed like a, a couple of backup plans, and that you know, and that we had to call off sometimes, like last minute, and. Um, and find solutions like the whole time as we were, you know, 
the budget grew a little, but yeah, I never had the feeling, uh, and I'm also someone who wants to stick to the budget, so it, I, it didn't feel like we have endless possibilities to keep on going. So in order to make all that work with also the schedules of the actors, etc., because it's also, it's takes place over the four seasons, so it was, um, uh, that made it complicated. At the same time, I really... You know, we shot more or less chronologically, and it, it, it for me was incredible to see how uh, we learned along the way. Started shooting at the beginning of the summer, and then uh, and we finished beginning of the winter, and so and we shot in blocks. And in between those blocks, we were already editing, and we could revisit what we had shot, and then and then pick up some things or or reevaluate or or re- rethink how we would want to do some of the you know the um, the peak scenes or the mountain scenes and we i guess we kept we we when we saw something was working we could really defend it and also push it and and you know and take it one step further and it it worked out so there was never a point where it was getting so difficult you thought let's call the the, the film Four Mountains, and <laughs> we'll, we'll, half, we'll half the budget. <laughs> no, no, no. I, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I didn't despair, but I was really happy when we when we finished uh, the shoot. It was it had been uh, felt ages. Right. Yeah. Listen, Felix, thank you so much for, for your time, and thank you so much for joining me. And, uh, I mean, would you... Um, I mean, obviously, you're going to have loads of other offers now, and you've 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 made your English language film as well as Belgian film. What what does the future hold? Are you would you would you do another Italian language film, or are you off off into the world? Um, yeah, it's it's all open, and I I, I guess I won't. It would be strange to make Italian movies from now, just Italian movies from yes. now on. <laughs> um, eccentric as a choice. <laughs> No, I you know it, it's I, I made five films in Belgium and I uh, I started making films with my with my family with my friends with my girlfriend who was playing um, the lead <laughs> and that uh, you know sort of uh, every project every film I, I I I grew and I grew more comfortable in getting out of my comfort zone and and so making a film in in English was something than in Italian. Uh, I would I would have never made the Eight Mountains if I wouldn't have had made an English language movie because that felt easier as a as a first film although it was you know in a way harder to make because it was in Hollywood etc cetera, etc cetera. but like an easier uh, uh, film to do out of my own country and then now in another language so I I don't know all, all you know everything's possible that the, the there's something very liberating in that just see whatever comes at you and then and then. And then to to be able to dream, but I haven't I haven't decided yet. I think I want to just write something personal and and then see which who is the back, best actor and then decide on the language at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant! That's a, that's yeah. a, that's such a it feels like such a wide open thing for you. Um, yeah, or make a remake of the Eight Mountains in Japan. That would be exciting. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> You could just remake Eight Mountains all over the world, just changing, yeah. change place, and uh, it'll be like it's it's a straight. Why does he keep remaking the film? He did it once already. It sounds wonderful. I'm, I'm I'm excited to 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 see what what kind. Of, then I'll have to do other podcasts about other countries so that you can come back on and talk about them. 
<laughs> thank you so much, Felix, for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for the great chat. And uh, thank you for the lover of our film. Arrivederci ragazzi, ci vediamo in un prossimo film. Lo speriamo. <ride>